Well, that was a good reminder that our story isn't over yet either. And so uh, we don't know the ending, but I want to share with us this morning that I, I think there is a ray of hope, and I don't want us to lose that. So hope is a feeling of expectation. Hope is a desire for certain things to happen. Hope is the only path through despair. If, if you lose hope, then you're really, 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 really in a very, very despairing, dark place. So we, I believe, are living in a season of despair. And so my question is, dare we hope? Dare we have expectation that things will change, that the story will have a better ending than where we are now? And I, you know, I think of, dare we hope that there'll be an end in COVID pandemic? I mean, it seemed like we were kind of winding down and all of a sudden... We're in worse shape today in Comal County than we were in March of 2020. Dare we hope that this is going to end? Dare we, dare we hope that there'll be an end to racial injustice? We've been working on racial equality uh, for how long? Uh, if you just think of, you know, 1860s, slaves are free, 1960s, they, I mean, you get rights. I mean, we, we, did dare we hope that we could finally come to look at one another without looking uh, at someone being inferior because they have a different color of skin? I mean, dare we hope that we get to the end of that? Uh, dare, we, dare we hope that there'll be an end of economic inequity and instability? I mean, occasionally there is uh, some bright uh, lights that pop up. There's a, a young CEO in Seattle who started a company and realized that his employees were not able to buy homes and they were postponing having children. And so I don't remember his name. You might remember his name. But he made the decision that the minimum wage for everybody in his corporation would be $70,000. So everybody, including himself, makes $70,000. And uh, I just read an article this week, and uh, what that has done is that when anybody leaves, I mean, there's 300 applicants for that job. <laughs> that, that company has done well. That company had survived through the first phase of COVID. The, the employees were willing to... I, you don't have to pay me. We'll, we can all sacrifice so we can make it. Who does that? Uh, and then the number of homes that the employees have been able to buy has increased and the number of children that the families are having has increased. So that, that's a ray of hope in that economic field. You know, dare we end, you know, dare, is there going to be an end to this political polarization that we find ourselves in, you know, two sides yelling at each other and, and not working towards solution. Uh, I didn't add this, but I thought about it after I wrote this. You know, dare we end, dare we believe, hope for the end of misinformation? Uh, 
we, we started something this morning, our family, somebody sent an email in our family, it, could this be true? And then somebody else followed up, well, let's, let's go down this pathway and see if it's true. It's really fun, family uh, chat about how, you, how do you find out if something is true? Well, I'm, I'm tired of having to do all that research, uh, and I'm tired of the misinformation. Dare, dare I hope, dare we hope uh, that there's going to be an end to human migration, and that's being caused by wars. I mean, uh, Afghanistan is on the verge of collapse this morning as we meet. The U.S. Embassy is being closed. The president of Afghanistan is leaving. We've been there how many? We've tried to help in how many ways, how many years? Uh, that displaces people. Crime. Uh, Central America, the, the, the gangs, I mean, people are leaving because of the threat to their, their kids. Do we hope that could change? Climate change is causing people to migrate from areas that are too hot or there's too much rain. Dare, dare we have a hope? Is there hope? Is there an expectation? I, this, is, this is my list. Do, do you want to add anything? Is there any other... Does, despairing event that's happening on the planet that, I've, that I'm leaving off? I mean, I don't want to leave your despair off. I mean, I think that we should have a complete list of despair. <laughs> that's enough. Do we, do, do, we, do we also realize, as people following Jesus, how important it is for us to be uh, acknowledged that this is a really bad season? That we are, we are connected to a very real world, that our faith is not disconnected. Oh, yeah, the world's in really bad shape, but not us. You know, we're good. I mean, what? I mean, can you imagine having a split personality like that, of ignoring the despair of our neighbors, but we're, hey, we're good. We're forgiven. We're going to heaven. Everything's good. I hope we, I hope we understand the importance of us as a community of people following Jesus, recognizing that the burden is heavy on us, and it's heavy on our neighbors. And one thing we have the ray of hope we have is we have each other to, to be honest with, to bear the burden with, and we have Jesus. So a ray of hope, or two of them, is really a good thing. <laughs> so this is some, I read an article, I just thought this was helpful. It's just a description of hope. Hope, is, hope lives. Hope is something that's alive. Hope is alive. It lives in the place where grief and sorrow and disappointment or devastation bring the sentence of death. Hopelessness is a death. Remember, our God is a living God and he's the living God of hope. And if, if we forget that, one, you know, our ace in the hole when it comes to hope is the fact that Jesus is alive, risen from the dead. I mean, that is, that is forever. Folks, it's not going to turn out like it looks like it did. That's the surprise. That's the better. 
is the resurrection. So if all else fails, our thoughts, our faith goes to Jesus, who is alive, risen from the dead. That's the basis of all hope for us. Hope looks ahead. Hope doesn't want to stay in the negative. Hope wants and looks for change. Hope sees that change is in front of us. We can keep looking back all day at, at the, the despair that we're in and how we got there. That's not going to change anything other than the depth of our despair. We need to begin to look forward. Paul even says, forgetting the past, I'm pressing on. That, that's our, I'm, I'm, I'm forget, I'm, I don't need to answer all the questions I have about why this despair is here. I need to turn and look toward the future. Hope reaches ahead. Hope reaches for what it sees ahead. Do we see ahead? Do we see beyond? The resolution, the solution, the response, answer will bring the change desired or needed. I mean, the potential of you and me, a small local church whose hope is in the living God, for us to be part of the solution of huge things is really high. What God can do in us, through us, to bring change to the globe is always possible. Hope encourages. Hope helps us make the intentional choice to grab hold of the life it offers no matter how long it will take. Those are some good things about hope. And, I, and, and my desire is I, I wanted to kind of lift us up a little bit from the despair, but we're going to turn a corner here and we're all going to go down. <laughs> because no matter how long it takes, I take issue with that. I take issue because there's a piece of wisdom that says hope postponed. Hope long drawn out makes the heart sick. That's reality. Yes, God, the God of hope. Yes, Jesus is out of the tomb. And yet, the despair we're living in seems to be taking so long to unwind. Hope postponed. Hope long drawn out makes the heart sick. So waiting for hope to come when it's too postponed, it's too deferred, it's too long drawn out that our heart gets sick. That means we feel unhappy. Have you caught yourself over the past few months feeling unhappy? That would be normal. <laughs> yes. Do you, do you fear death of much of what is important to you? Are there some fears that are rising like, I fear the loss of health for myself or a loved one? I mean, I, I have recently. I fear the loss of relationship. This, this polarized world that we're living in, we're, we're losing friends over the craziest things. I don't want to lose any more friends. I'm tired of losing friends. Do we fear the loss of job? 
this stuff, this, this is threatening jobs. Do we, do we fear the loss of home? Do we fear the loss of justice? Can, again, it just has taken so long for justice to be real. Can we feel the loss of freedom? Those are the ways that the heart grows sick. So then my question is, I'm not denying that hope is helpful. It is. And I don't want to snuff out whatever, whatever little flicker of hope we all have. I don't want to snuff that out at all. That's important. Nurture it. Hold it. You know, cup your hands around it. Keep that flame going. But when hope is deferred, who can care for our sick hearts? Who can help us? And the story that Jenna just told us, to be a brother rejected, to be a brother thrown into a pit, to be a brother, my, I think my brothers are going to kill me, to be a brother that's sold into slavery, and then to go through the experiences Joseph did for 15 years, 15 years is a long time. So how do we, how do we, how do we keep that flicker of hope? Who can help us? So I was reminded of Jesus' words to us. Are you having a real struggle? Anybody want to acknowledge that by the shake of your head? <laughs> can I say it? Yes, we are having a real struggle. Yes, we're having a real global struggle. And what does Jesus say? Come to me. In your struggle, come to me. Are you carrying a big load on your back? If you feel kind of weighted down, you want to slump over, that's just fine. Anybody feel that weight? We're all carrying a weight. And what does Jesus say? Come to me. Come to me. Come on. Come to me. I'll give you rest. Pick up my yoke. Put it on. Take lessons from me. Learn from me. My heart is gentle, not arrogant. You'll find rest you deeply need. My yoke is easy to wear. My load is easy to bear. I believe the ray of hope we have in this season of despair is Jesus. He is saying, come to me. Come to me. Bring your despair to me. In, in a sense, saying, let me help you. There's an invitation he sang it this morning. It was written long ago, but he sang it today. Come to me. It's, this is a genuine invitation for us to come into friendship with the Lord of hope who can help us. It's the same invitation when Jesus says, come, follow me. Come, come on. He, he's urging us to come, to take advantage of what he can give to us. I will give you rest as we struggle with the weight of postponed hope 
Jesus offers to give us rest from the load we are carrying. We all need that rest. We need someone to lift that load of deferred hope, postponed hope, long overdue hope, that load on us. We need, we need help that being lifted off of our shoulders. Jesus says, take lessons from me, learn from me. I want to deal with you in the midst of this with gentleness. Man, doesn't that sound nice? I want to be gentle. I want to be humble. And when Jesus says, I want, I, I want you to step into my yoke, he's saying, I want to share the load. I don't want you to bear the load alone. You're not built to bear the load by yourself, but we can do it together. This is an invitation. Jesus is not saying, I'm going to lift it all off, but we're going to do it together. And when you enter into my yoke, it's going to be easier to wear, and it's going to, the, the weight is going to be easier to bear because we're doing it together. So those are the invitations that Jesus are giving to us today as we're living through the season of despair, as we dare to hope in him that things will get better. So I want to just ask the Holy Spirit to help us respond. Because Jesus is saying, this is, this is him speaking to us. These are his words. Come to me. So would we just, let's just take a moment. Let's, let's breathe in to the count of five. Breathe out to the count of five. Let's do that five times. Breathe in. Breathe out. Holy Spirit, help us. I'm going to ask several questions. I just want you to be uh, aware of what you're saying in response internally. You don't have to say anything out loud. Just, just so you know the answer to these questions. Are you tired Are you burdened? Listen to yourself as you answer the next two questions. What will you do to rest? Will, where will you go to set your burden down so that you can feel relief.
As you're listening to yourself answer those questions, I want you to listen for Jesus' invitation. I'm going to say it, but I want you to listen to see if he's saying the same thing to you. Come to me. Come on. Come to me. I can lift that burden off of you. I can give you rest. Let me gently and humbly care for you. I want to partner with you. Let me carry your burden with you. I want to share your load. What is your answer to Jesus? So share, if you'd like, share any comments or ask any questions in response to what we've done. Can I share more about Joseph? Would you take that mask off? Because yeah. I, thank you. More about Joseph that was so incredible. Um, so like constantly throughout the whole thing, at least in Messy Version, um, they're saying, you know, but God was with them. God wasn't done with them. Um, God caused uh, people to uh, to have favor and all that kind of stuff, right? But obviously in the meantime, it's not going to feel that way for Joseph, especially as he's stuck in prison, stuck in the hole, being sold as a slave. And um, So then I started thinking a couple things. One was that... um, How did Joseph have so much favor? I mean, I know God profited it. How did he have so much favor everywhere he went? So I'm thinking he had some amount of hope or something that caused his disposition to be changed, you know what I mean? That's just me thinking. Anyway, um, and then another thought I had was um, why? Why is he continually being put in these situations that are hopeless. So then, uh, like through reading it, oh, and the other thing that really struck me was that nowhere in it do we really know what kind of guy Joseph is. I mean, obviously by his actions we can tell what kind of guy he is, but you know, just because someone acts one way, we don't know their their intent. So I thought that was really peculiar too. Like, what is Joseph thinking through all this? What is he like? Why is he making these choices that he is? Okay, so then this is what I came down to. Man, I, I have no choice of 
like God was um, bringing about his plan, the plan of the dream, where Joseph would be in a place of power. Um, obviously, he's already been kicked out down to him, but more the idea that he's going to be in a place of power to help the millions of people during the famine. Um, but then why all the in-between? And so I think what I've taken from it is that while, yes, God was bringing that about, it was really about their hearts the entire time. It, it can't be about anything else besides their hearts for all the stuff that happened to it, them. Because the really cool part is that the story really focuses on Reuben and Judah also throughout the whole thing, their feelings of guilt and responsibility, um, um, needing to be reconciled. So anyways, um, the idea of hope and hope deferred, because hope deferred was also true in Reuben and Judah's life. They really wanted to see things made right, and for those 13 years, it was never made right. Um, so then, thinking about hope, I think, like, in the meantime, right now, uh, Joseph had a very clear understanding of what the end was going to look like. He was going to be exalted above others. But in the meantime, what God really wants today is my heart as it yearns to be transformed. That's clearly what Joseph needed, this transformed heart. And obviously that's what Jacob needed because he was really stupid. That's another human. He's a dad. And then obviously Reuben was the one So it feels good, the idea of hope deferred because of the purpose for him. The idea of right now, what he wants in my heart. Because there's so much work that needs to be done. Thank you. Another great thought to share that goes along with that. When we say yes to Jesus, I, I, need, I need your help. I, I'm coming to you, I need your help. That opens up conversation. And part, I do think, you know, why is this taking so long? And it's okay to ask those questions. You can ask lots of questions. You know, what's going on? <laughs> help me to under, give me insight into what's going on. And, uh, I mean, those are kind of conversations we have with each other. We should have those with Jesus, too, and give him the opportunity to, to speak to us and guide us, give us wisdom as we go. Well, this morning my hope has been, and I am hopeful that I'm bringing some up, I'm hoping to say, Hope isn't dead. There's still, a, there's still a glimpse. There's a ray of hope. We are living through a difficult time. Uh, and it seems that hope is being deferred. So where do we go? So we go to Jesus. We respond to his invitation. We, we allow him to give us rest in the midst of the waiting because waiting is really hard. And we give him the opportunity to, to take the load off of us, to share the load so that we can keep moving toward that day when things will be better. I do believe, again, 
my, my belief, it's against a belief. E everything, everything is moving toward the better because of the resurrection. Resurrection is where we're going. Things raised from the dead. That's, that's ultimately where all of this goes for all of us. And that can never be taken away from us. So if you don't meditate upon the resurrection of Jesus, if you don't, our Father in heaven and Jesus, by the way, you're right beside the Father. You know, be sure that we're relating to him with, with what's happened to him. He's alive. He's alive. He's present. So as I move towards just the farewell for today, uh, I, you know, yesterday Susan and Inga helped serve a meal at Laurel Plaza. And that is just, that, that monthly meal, have, that's been delayed because of COVID, but it's now started again. So if you, if you want to help with that, please visit with Susan. Uh, it's one way that we practice the ministry of mercy with our neighbors and we love them and care for them. Also, they have a, a small need. Uh, another time of the month, Susan goes and calls bingo. How many of you can, can picture Susan calling bingo? <laughs> and so uh, Susan typically will take an assortment of small gifts that are given out for those that are the bingo winners, but they, they're trying to motivate more people to come to participate in the bingo. So they would like uh, some help in purchasing $10 gift cards. And it's $10 gift cards for Dollar General, because that's right down the street from Laura Plaza, or Marina's, which is where good breakfast tacos are, or you come all the way to Dairy Queen, or if you can go down to Walmart and HEB or HEB. So it's just those five places and $10. They, they don't want any gift cards more than $10. That would be like an incentive for people to come play bingos and win that. So if you want to help, uh, if you want to bring a gift card for one of those five places, or if you want to give a gift uh, towards our Mercy Fund, we'll buy those gift cards. Uh, please, that would be a fun way for us to help Laurel Plaza. The next Sunday uh, is our blessing of the backpacks. So uh, we want to uh, be here to bless our kids in the beginning of this school year, obviously a little bit stressful beginning of this school year, so it's a good time for us to be together and pray together. And last thing is I would love to pray a benediction over us if you would like to stand. May the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace in believing so that we may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for our morning together.